there and welcome to Zero XP. We are a show that celebrates the fandom of video games with a focus on one game series in particular, Fable. We strive to bring you several episodes a month discussing a variety of game-related topics, spanning recent game news and events, to reflection and speculation concerning the past and present and future of video game generations. I'm John, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, who is the unstoppable force behind our show, Patrick. Hello. You can find a video version of our show several times a month by searching for Zero XP Webcast on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, and comment. I reply to all of them. You can also get each episode in podcast form across all major podcast platforms. If we're not on the platform of your choice, please let us know. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can by emailing us at 0xppodcast at gmail.com or by following us on Twitter at 0xpwebcast. Our DMs are open. On today's show, we are going to be running down a quick reflection on the conversation we had speculating of Playground's new Fable game and how open world should be, if there should be any at all, Uh, new dev team members for Playground's Fable, and we are going to get into the end game, or at least the original end game, of Fable the Lost Chapters. So, this is actually our first recording in a couple weeks. We took a few weeks off for the holidays, which we had some pre-recorded episodes drop recently. Uh, Did you play anything fun? Anything new? Did you enjoy your holiday, Patrick? I mostly played Paw Patrol video games. (laughs) Did you now? Yeah, that's not even a joke. I mostly played Paw Patrol video games because I bought them for my daughter for Christmas. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's why you bought them. Yeah, I did. I'm kidding, uh, I know. Uh, I'm I'm hoping, and she is good with her tablet, not so much a controller yet, but working on getting her into games. Oh, she's three. Yeah, I mean, I know. I, know. I don't expect her to be good at it yet, yeah. but I like the fact that she's interested because I do think that's going to be a good hobby for both of us if she turns out to be into them. Absolutely, especially, I know you've got a Switch and uh, the new, what is it? It's uh, the Mario 3D World or yeah. whatever. I mean, here in the next six months, I, I guarantee you she'll probably be able to at least bounce through the levels because they have certain things in place to yeah, I like keep the, her from dying. Yeah, I like the fact that they have like an invincibility Tanuki suit. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Bowser Jr. plays because he just kind of flies around and can catch up, I guess, if he gets behind. Kind of reminds me of Tails a bit. Yeah, that's actually what I'm hoping uh, to play with my son and uh, let him, like, I'll control Mario because the heavier platforming is going to be there while letting him manipulate things. I I think he'll really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But all right, let's let's get into the uh, Fable-esque information of our show. We... I guess it was last week dropped an episode talking about where we think the or what we think the map should be like for Playground's upcoming Fable game. And we've gotten a decent amount of feedback since yeah, that one dropped. I, I think it's the most feedback we've gotten. Yeah, it's and it's funny because it, it's a really good mix, which I don't know <laughs> what information that kind of brings to the top of everything, but... It's a good mix of some people are like, it has to be open world. Yeah. And then you have the, I, I would almost say purists who are like, no, it absolutely shouldn't be. And then I think there's a, I, I guess there's probably a pretty large middle ground of yeah. people that say if it's done right, that's, yeah. then open world would be I, fine. I think it's the idea where they're cool with either direction as long as it's good, which 
Obviously, if you listen to the, that episode, I fell into that category pretty heavily. Has anything swayed or changed your mind? Is there any like final point you want to make on the subject? I guess not final, but at least firm point you want to make for the time being? No, I mean, because it's really hard to tell because we don't know where their tech is at. Yeah. I mean, if, like I said, if, uh, if they can do all the things that they want to do, in an open world game and keep it very fableish. Why not? Uh, someone brought up the point of a uh, dragon age inquisition. Yeah. And, uh, that was a game that made the transition to open world and people were reluctant and people seem to be very happy with it. I think the reason is because with dragon age, uh, did you ever play it? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I enjoyed it immensely. I did not play the first two, which I'd like to go back and play. I've just never made the time to do it. But I I enjoyed the heck out of it, and I really liked the aspect of when you... Yes, it was an open world. You could walk from, you know, one area in the map to another, but it was almost like when you did that, it had a bit of that fable feel where it was kind of... It would bottleneck you into an area yeah. and then open it up to give you just almost like a completely different map. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a really good example. We didn't even bring it up on that no, episode. Well, once again, it was a comment. I didn't even think of it beforehand. Well, it's also, I think that game came out, oh goodness, it must have been 2015 maybe in yeah. that ballpark. Yeah. So It's been a while. It's been a while, but that's, that's a great example. I wish we could credit whoever had the comment, but... That's uh, That would be kind of a good middle ground yeah. to accomplishing both things. I mean, I sit in the middle of the conversation where I would be more than happy if it was open world as long as the world feels like it has a flow that you affect. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the thing. It's, it's the ego, I guess, maybe in me, where I want the game to feel like the things that I do have such a butterfly effect that everybody's affected by everything I do in that game. Yeah, well, I mean that's traditional fable exactly yeah Yeah. um which is very different from a game like red dead redemption where yes some things do change around you but not like you don't destroy an entire town no that's a great uh antithesis of fable i would say is that and i think that's actually probably a little bit more of what at least the original idea for the the lore behind fable was going to be was that yes you can make all these big waves but it's really just kind of a water drop in the ocean of what's actually going on in the universe. And that's really kind of what Red Dead was in the way that you're doing these or having these huge events, but realistically to the overall country, they're just little bloops in the water. Uh, But with Fable, obviously, I mean, it turned a little bit more gamey, I think from what the original idea behind it was. So everything you did resulted in cataclysmic, you know, life-changing, altering things for Albion. Oh, yeah, I mean, look at a Bowerstone Market, right, from, or not Market, but Old Town from the beginning. Yeah, and I I love that stuff, though. Like, I like to see the results of my actions. I'm, like I said, I don't know if it's an ego thing or if it's just because that's the way Fable has been, but that's, I enjoy it. It works for that series. I don't know that I want it in everything, but for Fable, more, more than, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you like to see the impact of your decisions on a large scale Mm -hmm. yep yeah i want to see a town floored because i made a terrible decision or a town prosper or thinking i was going to help a town prosper turns out something else happens you know unintended consequences they haven't done that yet but it'd be interesting if they did 
I guess I mean in terms of like the decisions you make with giving Barnum and Fable 2 money for Westcliff. If you don't give him the money, then it just kind of stays this dank, rundown place. If you give him money, it turns into a thriving, almost family setting in a lot of ways. Yeah, I guess I was more thinking there are some games where it has a huge impact, uh, where maybe you think you're doing the right thing and it ends up being the wrong thing. I mean, oh, they, yes. haven't, they haven't gone down that yeah, route. Yeah, which we haven't had a game in years. I, I honestly in years. don't think I want them to do that. Uh, part of me I, wants I like, it I, I like games, a little I bit of that. I, I like it with uh, like Fallout games and stuff, but I, I I don't know that I want it with Fable. Yeah, I mean I I can see the arguments for both. Maybe that's something we should expound on <laughs> later. Uh, I I like that to an extent. I like kind of as long as they give you enough threads that you can logically see that's why that's what happened. Yeah, and I mean the thing is people make mistakes, and Fable is a game about decisions, so. I mean, you're you're welcome to a few mistakes along the way, I think. They'll remember it, though. Yes, they will. But if you want to check out the full discussion on that, uh, head on over to our YouTube or check out the podcast version across all platforms and kind of give it a listen. I think it's about 15 minutes where we just talk about other games and the things that they have in their maps and things that we would like to see in the upcoming Fable or things that we don't want to see in the upcoming Fables maps. And if you've got anything to add to the conversation, we're not done with it. This game's not coming out yep. for a very long time. So please, again, comment, send us a message. And they've shown nothing, so there's plenty to speculate. Oh, yeah, it's all speculation. So recently, there's been some expansion going on in regards to the game. Patrick, I know you've been following it a little bit closer than I have. But there have been several names from Turn 10, which if you're not familiar with Turn 10, Turn 10 is the team that does Forza Motorsport, Yep. Uh, that have added Fable, or Playground's new Fable, to their resume. Yeah. Uh, that's a big deal, I think, because it's, it's obviously Playground made Forza Horizon and works in conjunction with Turn 10 on the Forza series. Yeah, but they've now been to actually since the beginning. Right, so for to bringing in some, you know, interesting members of their team just i mean it's it's kind of interesting yeah. uh, it'll be neat to see how that kind of expansion yeah. affects the game on how big of a role they have right uh, right now it's mostly just more lead positions mm-hmm. i would say so do you know if they have actually technically left turn 10 or are they just no, flexing over okay that's they're, what i was yeah, curious still at about turn 10 like uh one of them uh troy lawler uh is a tech share lead okay specifically that's his position oh okay um, but yeah they're all still which i think that studio is around the seattle area i want to say they're all still at turn 10 but it's mostly seems to be engine based okay hmm so i, I don't know if anyone there is going to be working on it like getting you know hands-on directly or not or if they just haven't updated their resume or been allowed to update their resume yet i wonder how that would work because uh, there were what about five different team members that made that announcement or uh i think four i've seen so four? far okay one of those being alan hartman who updated his resume from vice president of forza to uh vice president of forza and fable and that was back in October he did that, and that started a little bit of speculation, but more people started changing theirs recently. Okay. But 
I wonder if that means that they've got a slight dedicated team or if it's just going to be like an asset based thing. Yeah, I I don't know, Hmm. honestly. Um, Do you have something? Well, I was just going to say, I think that's interesting because I think at this point, when you look at it kind of from that perspective, instead of having just a secondary-esque studio break off from, from Playground to develop this game you're essentially starting to look at three different studios. Mm-hmm. When, when you really break it down, three different studios, which Playground is two and one, yeah. but uh, bringing in turn 10, that brings in your third. So whether how much impact that'll have, I mean, I, I guess I'm glad to hear that they have that many hands in it, which, I mean, I know that sounds weird because they always say, you know, too many cooks in a kitchen kind of thing, but to have those that many people working together i'm hoping that that means that they are full force trying to make this game the highest quality that it can be yeah i I think really the only thing uh major you can take away from it is and i didn't expect this to be any different but it definitely seems like they're they're not doing like a new engine or anything like that for the game that's definitely I would assume going to be Forza Tech. I would assume, yeah. Which, I guess you could actually take that back to our last conversation and say that that probably does lead it to being open world. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, which, I mean, I I don't think anybody would be shocked by that by any means, but it does kind of grant some speculative insight. Yeah. And we could be completely wrong, but I would be shocked, I think, at this point. Yeah. Hopefully they change the art assets up a bit. Well, I I would think so. I mean... I'd hope fill out that world a little bit you know it's one thing to build a world when you're driving by it very quickly in a car mm-hmm. and another thing when you are you know either on a mount or on foot trekking through it well and those are very realistic looking games on top of it which works great for a racing series not as much for a fairy tale rpg i would say right which again we don't know any of the art style no. they could I, i'm hoping they don't go fully realistic looking personally yeah. that's my hope because the part of the love that i have for the games is the fact that they were embellished in a way very fairy tale-esque yeah while still looking grounded enough that yeah. you could make it work in your head that it was a real place yeah i mean they never really went fully either direction where it was just like they were trying to go realistic but they never tried to make it just look like drawings completely either and i think that's why for me it worked on a fairy tale basis is because fairy tales were based in reality with just fantastical elements in place so it it, to me it was uh, i would assume purposefully but maybe even accidentally the the blending of the two just lent itself perfectly for that genre they were coming up with yeah yeah so again, I mean, that's not major news, but it is interesting, I think, from that point of view. I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see over time if, uh, like, how many people they do pull over. Well, and I think it'll be a little fun if you're going into the game, and hopefully you don't, you're distracted enough by the greatness of the game to just really focus on playing it. But it'll be neat to kind of pick apart, like, second playthrough or whatever, or for us, for our show if we can see the DNA elements, Mm. so to speak, from each studio and kind of how they influenced the games, which I'm sure some of that will come out in interviews, but it's kind of like Easter eggs almost in a way. Like, oh, I can see that was like that in Forza. So they they just turned it into that. That's brilliant. You know, that kind of thing. 
All right, so with all of our speculation out of the way for this week's episode, we're going to turn it to our Fable gameplay review, where we are going to be technically ending our gameplay of Fable. Yeah. Minus the lost chapters, that is. So, we, I think we left off, did we off Maze and, and call it good the last time we were together? I believe so. Okay, so Maze is dead. You know, he he enacted his plan and failed. Patrick, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Do you need a hug? No, I'm good. Okay. I mean, I did make his death picture the front cover or the thumbnail of that video, so yeah. I'm, I, I'm moving on. Okay, yeah. okay. As long as you're okay to, to talk about it. So we've defeated Maze, and the transition to this, I've, I've always kind of wondered, and, and maybe that's something we can find out, or if somebody knows, they can let us know. It always felt a little bit to me like something got cut out or missed. Yeah. Because as soon as you finish Maze, you immediately get called back to the guild, and they're like, hey, Jack caught your mom again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what was she doing? <laughs> I just, there was no transition, really. It was just the fact that it was like, yeah, she got caught again. Yeah, I mean, and you can't even leave the guild you just go straight into that mission from there. Right. I, I mean, you are effectively in what was going to be the end game. And I mean, we still got lost chapters later. So, I mean, it it does, it really makes me wonder, did something just get left out? Did something get cut entirely? Because it was just so quick into, this is it. We're, yeah. we're in the game now. I mean, when people go through and they, like, I guess, search the files of that, there's definitely a lot of cut content from that game oh yeah well i mean i know that they had changed there was a lot going on with the development and not like dramatic things it was just making a game work back then and i mean i'm sure there's things we don't know that were at play but that specific sequence has always kind of made me scratch my head a little bit we save mom and then almost i mean if you don't have any other side quest to take care of you immediately are like told to go to the hook coast and try to stop jack from using a key and taking out you take out mace maze and then it's like boom she got caught again yeah. I mean, what it was a couple days yeah. like maybe a day day and a half Minute before she managed to get uh she's obviously the um the the worst hide and seek yeah. player of all time but jokes aside, mom gets caught. We talk to the guild master and he's like, look, Jack's going to open these focus sites. He has what he wants and it's go time. Yep. You know, you, you, it's, it's now or never. We've got to stop him. And the thing that I truly love about this sequence is it's almost like a quick rundown of the people that you've come across in the game and several of the different areas that you've come across where we've seen these focus sites. And the first time I played it, I was like, oh, that's really cool. You just assume that it's Old Kingdom stuff, it's ruins from something, but there's no explanation for it. They're just there. Yeah, and when you see the second one, you know, you're like... Oh, that's kind of cool. Right. I mean, they have more than one, but you don't know what it means. Right. And especially back then, you were so used to games reusing assets for things. It wasn't anything to blink an eye at any kind of structure that was used in one area and then another. You just assume that that's the aesthetic of the world. Yeah. So the fact that they became gameplay elements were, it was always really cool to me because not only was it a gameplay element when you see these focus sites, but they also changed, you know, the, the orb came floating out of the basin and they mm-hmm. flowed and um, it, I, I just always found that really cool. But as you're going to these different focus sites, you, co- you come across Briar Rose and you see that she is 
you know, she's fighting the good fight. She's like, let's go. This is, we've got to, we've got to keep the charge going. And along with that, you have guards that are transporting in, I guess, teleporting. Uh, and apprentice, apprentices, which the apprentices I understood a little bit more. Yeah. The guards, I was like, well, where's this skill been, guards? Yeah. But well, Maybe it's the apprentices are sending them before they go or something. That's what we're going to go with. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. There you go. But I, I, it was just a cool thing because it's almost like that in-game battle of just all of it's hitting the fan. Everybody is fighting against everything that they can in order to keep everything together, yeah. even if they don't understand it. And I love running through several different regions. Some of the smaller ones you may have not visited that mm-hmm. much. Like, I think one of the first ones is Orchard Farm. Yes. That you uh, run yeah, through. Yeah, second, and, maybe. Yeah. Between running through and seeing the different areas, it's kind of a it's a nice way, I think, to end a game. And they did that in a good way of making you follow Jack through those portals. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just like they teleported you without explanation. It, it all connected. And you're getting a lot of story visually out of this, yeah. but not audibly, which is kind of a show-me-don't-tell-me yeah. uh, technique, and I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. The on- My only argument with this sequence is I felt like at times, it, it, especially if you've played it more than once, you realize that you can take part in this battle, and I wish they had kind of made you take part in some aspects, but you can essentially just charge your way through it. Yeah. I mean, you'll knock out a few people along the way because they get in your way, but if you need experience, it's great to chop down everything because yeah. you can get a lot of experience during this time. You can just use the force push and run your right. way through the whole thing. But even without force push, as long as yeah. you're running, you can you can pretty well get through it as long as your life bar is enough to sustain you through it or you've got yeah. enough potions. It's not very difficult at all. Mm-mm. So it's kind of that thing where... And, and Fable eventually became known for it but i mean fable the lost chapters was i mean there were times when it was legitimately difficult Mm -hmm. but this sequence in general being at the end of the game was just almost comical in the way that you can just kind of "Eh, screw you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna chase down jack but it still works story-wise yeah but if you're a good guy don't you feel a little bit bad leaving all those guards and oh yeah no i i do that thing and it's that thing that fable has over me where i'm like i've gotta save everybody so but you do that you come across briar rose then you run through orchard farm and you run into jack and you catch him and you know he taunts you yeah. I've got your mom. It's over now. Always on the opposite side of uh, one of those orbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good at leading you leading you by the nose. Uh, but you also come across Thunder again. And I think this interaction's kind of important because, I mean, does, does, does Thunder find any redemption here to you? Or is it just Thunder fighting to fight? I think he finds redemption here, I would say. I wouldn't say complete redemption, but I think he finds some redemption myself, personally. Well, and even because I did the, you know, I killed his sister in this playthrough that I had. And even then, he he still puts that aside to be like, okay, well, you, you need to follow Jack. Like, he helps you through because he knows the bigger thing that's going on. Well, and in some aspects, which, I mean, Thunder's done several things that, you know, normal person wouldn't do. Everybody's got that co-worker that they may not get along with, but they know that you know when the time comes to get work done, it's going to yeah. get done. Even if they killed your sister. No, that's that shouldn't be a thing. Okay. But 
Well, he, um, he was able to put that aside. Yeah, and in my playthrough where I, I did not kill Whisper, I mean, the, the dialogue, which I think we'll try to include a little bit in the video, I've got captions turned on, I'm sure Patrick does too in his yeah. cut. Um, you, I mean, you hear him saying, he's, he's like, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, you know, I, but he see, at one point he tells you, he's like, I've, I've got your back, I'll, I'll keep watch, you go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not a complete redemption because he was a you know, pretty big jerk to you, but I, I like that moment, and I'm a, I'm a Thunder fan, so I don't know. I thought it was a good moment. Yeah. Uh, eventually, we wind up back at the guild where not the game started, but where our journey into being a hero technically starts, and we come across the guild master, and guild master's been knocked on his behind. He's sitting against a bookshelf which doesn't take much <laughs> looking well forward. at that point we didn't know that i know i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> but he's like he's too powerful we i, I couldn't do anything <laughs> have you ever talked to him after you have that cutscene? have i ever talked to him yeah uh-uh, after the like, cutscene. no okay so after he tells you you know Not jack's got your mom he's got your sister he's in the chamber of fates you gotta go run stop him do whatever you have to do to stop him he remains green, and so every time I forget, and I don't know why, but I always forget, <laughs> like, he doesn't have much to say, but he's green, so you can talk to him. So I'm like, well, what else does he have to say? And, uh, you know, I, I spark the dialogue, and he's like, what are you doing? There's no time to sit here and talk. Go get Jack. I think I may have done that, yeah. I just love that because it's... First of all, it's cool to see the entire guild. Like, it's on fire. Every aspect, every tunnel's been caved in, blocked off. Everything's on fire. And it's one of those things that may not have meant to be outward hilarious, but it's one of the things I love about Fable that it's funny even if it meant not to be, which is just, I mean, that would be someone's reaction. Like, hey, quit talking to me, dude. Like, you've got to go get this guy. (laughs) I don't know. I love it. Uh, you wind up entering the Chamber of Fates where there's not a lot of story and um, I guess I'll, I'll get to that after we, we talk about it. But Jack's there. He's like, hey, got your mom. Boom. She's Again. dead. Like, yeah, yeah that, that's Can't the end of it. Can't get her anymore. She's N- gone. Yeah. So mom wasn't really a huge part of the story. She was almost like a tool for yeah. it. So uh, I would like to have seen that fleshed out a little bit better. But he's also got Teresa and he's hell-bent on taking you with him. You have your giant boss battle. Jack gets well, really big for a yeah, second. He, literally a giant boss yeah. battle. And it's kind of the standard boss battle. You know, there's different phases of it. You have to find the pattern in the attacks and that kind of thing. It's it's pretty standard fare, especially for the time. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's not forget that. This is a game from 2004. So... It, you know, that, that's kind of how it was but you wind up grinding him down taking him out and at the time i don't think i appreciated it on my most recent playthrough i think it's the first time that i really thought about it uh as soon as he dies he falls to the ground you've taken him out and he just disappears and you have a slight conversation with Teresa, where she gives you the option hey this is it you know you can be the most powerful thing to ever exist in all of albion but you're going to have to kill me to do it. Yeah. I'm res- I've resigned myself to the fate of your decision. What are you going to do? And that's where you make your decision. Do you take the sort of Aeons and lay into her killer? Or do you throw it back into the void and leave it to fate to whatever comes later? And I mean, that obviously is a very black and white good or bad choice, 
my playthrough, I picked the good choice. Patrick, I'm assuming you killed Teresa. Yeah, I mean, normally I, w- I wouldn't kill her, but yes, right. for this playthrough I did. And I think we know, based off the games that came after, obviously, well, I mean, there's still a little bit of nuance there, but realistically, the canon choice seems to be that you spared her, yeah. because obviously she she's in Fable 2, 3, and the journey. I mean, and heroes, if you really want to get into it, but... <laughs> And just that's just a doll, though. Yeah, but she's in in all of the the sequels. She's the lineage of the games that keeps on going forward. So we spare her and cast the sword back into the void, and kind of that's when we get to the summary of our game. We have our quick cutscene of the uh, tapestry showing that your hero's finally allowed to rest. He's able to move on, and a year gap takes place. And in what normally would have been like a sequel-esque type style cutscene, you automatically get the guildmaster calling you home and saying, hey, I need you to get with me. I got a message from Scythe. Which, Scythe was the old, decrepit dude at the very beginning of the game. The beginning of that letter is, Jack's got your mother. Just kidding. (laughs) Right? Nah, he's dead. I mean, she is too. Terrible thing. Terrible thing. But he's not, but he is. Right. So, I mean, that, that, that is where the original fable ended. Before the Lost Chapters, that was our ending of the game. And I didn't get to experience that version. I actually did not play it until they had released the Lost Chapters. So yeah. I was a little late to the party because um, I think it was only a year later. This and was you before DLC. Me getting the game. So I obviously never played the original fable. Right. From a, a whole standpoint, do you feel like you would have been satisfied with the ending there? I think based on the date of the game, yeah. I, I do too. I think I would have been perfectly fine yeah. with it and just been like, okay, cool. That was That's another game. Can't yep. wait for the next one. Yep. Uh, but to backtrack a little bit, the thing that stuck out to me that I was alluding to earlier is I think it's interesting. And again, it's one of those things that I wish I could have maybe a little bit more insight into development. But when you kill Jack, he's just gone. This mm. guy or being, or whatever you want to call him, had an effect on, I mean, you're what, maybe 10 years old, 8 years old when you're a kid and and when you start the game. So the majority of your life, this guy has carved a a pathway that you just can't avoid. And there's no monologue of his death. There's nothing that comes from him. Maze, you get the dead oh uh, i did this because of this i was just trying to avoid death and i'm super selfish yeah and you don't get that with jack undertaker Uh, doesn't talk much well oh that's that's a very good point but uh, well to give a little background on that we had a conversation with dean carter about how jack was based off partially the undertaker and the hoopla and and all heroes in general kind of came were were inspired by wwf wwe wrestlers yeah but I don't know. I, I kind of find that like it's it's almost hollow. I think in a way that there's no explanation, there's no dialogue acknowledging that you were the better warrior or anything like that. And and a lot of games even back then still had those moments, oh, yeah. oh. the lamenting you, the the still trying to get that last jab at you. I mean, Jack of Blades is a guy that can die and come back. Maybe he doesn't feel like he needs to have that conversation. Well, and I mean, that's the thing. That's that's what's interesting to me. And it, it never hit me until this most recent playthrough. Oh. I'm like, there's nothing. If that was the, the end of yeah. the game originally, they don't really give you that closure. And to me, that's actually close to how it would be in real life. I yeah. mean, like, I, I've never stabbed anybody to the death or shot them with arrows or hit them with magic to know how that would go. 
But I found that really interesting because I would think that, you know, when you die, chances are you don't know you're going to. And that's that's you don't get that kind of closure normally. Yeah. I mean, Maze had a lot to say because he knew he wasn't coming back. And Jack being not really that complex and the way he thinks, it seems like. Could be. It could also be that he was in his mind going through whatever steps it would take to come back. Yeah. But I mean, well, I mean that, he just kind of seems to have an objective and he goes for it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Very, very determined or whatever. I mean, and that's a discussion we can have when we get into the lost chapters a little bit more. But I, I just found that kind of interesting. I mean, it, it may just be a complete afterthought. Nobody even thought to write him any dialogue in that moment. Uh, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, based on uh, other people, though, I mean, like, they all had dialogue when you kill them off. Mm-hmm. Like, even... I'm, I'm not going to get into the next episode, but even the ones you kill off, could kill off have dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Did Whisper? Yeah, Whisper did, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting to me that the original didn't have any. And I don't know if that's because they knew they were going to try to get... I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is we know the Lost Chapters came later and there was uh, an incredible amount of story added to the game. But... Did they know that was going to be the case at the time? Because we don't know, personally, Patrick and I do not know, where DLC was going to originally come into place. Because we really didn't start getting into DLC much until we got the Xbox 360 from a console standpoint. Now, PC was earlier to the game, so I don't know if that also affected it in any way. But that would be interesting to find out. If you know off the top of your head, again, please... Feel free to shoot us a message. You can find us on Twitter, or if you want to email us at 0xppodcast at gmail.com, we'll definitely try to get you a credit uh, when we address it the next time. So, all in all, Patrick, we've, we've played all of Fable, just not Fable, the Lost Chapters. I mean, do you have any new takes from the main game after playing through it? Is there anything that crossed your mind that didn't before, or is it just kind of you've played it so many times you you've just it's it's kind of like riding a bike for you? I guess for me, because we went at this a bit different because I am capturing gameplay and a lot of times playing the same mission through two to three times if I miss some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the mission complexity I don't feel like I appreciated enough before like I a lot of times I overlooked the Lady Grey mission and oh, that, really? that mission it's it's such a good mission and also it's very which the original fable does the best it's it feels like it's really pulled from a fairy tale yep same thing with the uh, grandmother sending the boy into the cave mm-hmm. like those the way those missions were written and built, I don't think I appreciated as much as I should have how much they felt fairy tale esque. Where it, you almost felt like you could write a book on those. I like that. Yeah, they were almost presented as short stories. Yeah, but they felt like they could have been long stories if someone just wanted to write a book on them. No, that's really great. That's really good. That's a better answer I think than I had expected from you. Because I was going to say, I I think my takeaway is just the fact that even though I've played this game several times, and I know I love it, uh, I can't say that every time I've played it, I've gotten the most out of it. Sometimes I play it just because it's like a comfort food. Yeah. But playing it through this time, I think I found that 
It's just the little nuances and the things that you take away, like just character moments or the complexity, like especially as we talked about in depth with Maze and his journey. I, I love those things. I love the, the minor character moments that you take away from it. And obviously, once we get through Lost Chapters, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a hefty conversation about the entire uh, Fable of the Lost Chapters game, where we break down thoughts from the very beginning to the very end of it. But I don't know. I just thought it was a good time to reflect on the game and see if there's anything new about it. It's still, it just holds up. Yeah, it really does. I don't think that can be said about a lot of games from that era. I mean, there are good games and games worth playing, but as far as really holding up and still feeling good, which obviously we're playing a remastered version of the 2004 game. So graphically, yes, it's gotten a bump, but the story elements are all the same. Yeah. I I just, I, I it's a little baffling for me that I'm still playing a game that isn't necessarily a 2-bit game, or I'm sorry, uh, 2D uh, 16-bit game or something or 32 bits because those games don't age the same way yep. a 3d you know built world does and especially from that era it's it's neat for it to still bring i guess that kind of happiness to me i guess though going back to your 16-bit that does have a bit to do with their art style and going back to the beginning or near the beginning of our episode that's why i First of all, I think it's prettier, but I definitely prefer that they wouldn't go too realistic yeah, with their uh, graphic style because that's one of the reasons why these games hold up well. That's a really great point. That's a really great point. I mean, it's the argument we make for Nintendo all the time. The yeah. reason you can always go back and play a Mario game is because it's cartoony. Mm-hmm. It doesn't age the same way something that's going for well, photorealism does. why games on inferior tech that are brand new still look amazing yep. is because of their art style. Uh, the latest Mario game looks amazing. Breath Animal Crossing Wild. looks great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's like they look like what they need to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So that said, uh, next we're going to be getting into the lost chapters, but for this episode, Patrick, are you ready to close the book? Yep, let's end it. Before we go, we'd like to thank those who helped contribute to the show. Zero XP logo was provided by Jameson Johns. You can find him at behance.net forward slash Jameson Johns. Theme music provided by Odd Reference. You can find him at facebook.com forward slash odd.reference. Additional music by Russ Shaw. And remember, you can find us on YouTube by searching Zero XP Webcast uh, for the video version of our show. Please like, subscribe, and comment. Using these features lets YouTube know you like our content and help other Fable fans find us. And you can find the audio version of our show across all major podcast platforms. As always, before we go, we'd like to give a quick thanks to those who have inspired us to do this show. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Damien. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Charlie. And until next time, our story has ended. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye. Jack has your mother. Bye-bye.